Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Um, turn your Bible to Ephesians chapter 4, and um, we will take up from there, and we will proceed. Hallelujah. Good. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, please. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. Alright? It says, And that ye put on the what? The new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. We have been sharing about the new man for a long time, and we are going to continue for another more period, for even longer. Amen. So, it goes on and it says, Putting away lying, speak truth with one another, be angry and sin not, verse 26, verse 27, give no place to the devil. You remember we talked about five devil places? Like, what are they? Looseness, lightness, laziness, huh? laziness correct? Loquacity. Loquacity and looseness, licentiousness. Good. So, we talked about all those things. If you can remember, you cannot remember by the tape. Verse 28, let him that stole steal no more. Verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Remember the edify grace test? Do you remember the edify grace test? What was that? Whatever you say, you have to. Huh? Whatever what? You say you have to pass it through that test. It has to pass that test. Edify, grace test. That means that it must either do what? Edify. Or minister grace. Or minister grace. Anything that you are saying with your mouth or your mouth, it must minister grace or edify. Amen, the men. Amen, the ladies. All right? So edify, grace test. Then, and grieve not the Holy Spirit, verse 30. All right? And verse 31, let all bitterness. Do you remember that? wrath and clamor and anger and evil speaking be put away from you be kind to one another forgiving one another do you remember that we talked about the lord's prayer test for forgiveness how many can remember that what is the lord's prayer test for forgiveness you you insert a person's name into the lord's prayer so that so how would you pray? if you had a grudge against me how would you pray how would you use the lord's prayer test um you would say for, forgive me as i Forgive the shop. <laughs> Forgive him, Lord. So you put the person's name into the prayer. It's as simple as that. You will never be able to bear a grudge against somebody when you do that. I'm telling you. Mention the person's name. Father, I forgive. Forgive me. When you have sinned and you've really done something bad and you need God's forgiveness and you come and say, Oh, Lord, forgive me. As I forgive, then you remember 
the person's name. Then when you can't put the person's name in that prayer, it means, it means you can't even yourself receive forgiveness. Straight away. It means you are in big trouble. Anita, amen? Very good. So, we thought about six signs of lingering unforgiveness. Do you remember? What are the signs? Number one is what? I just want to get you into the flow of the message. Yes? Number one is what? Where is Freddy? Malice. What does malice mean? A desire to harm somebody. When you think about hurting somebody, you would like to do something bad to the person. You have malice in you. Number two is what? Anger. Anger wrath. Clamor is what? What is clamor? Loud, abusive language. Isn't it? And the next one is what? Evil speaking. Amen. So these are signs of unforgiveness in your heart when you, you have all these things in you. Amen the men? Amen, Amen the ladies. Alright? So all these are things that we do not need to have in us and with us if we are new creatures. That is what the Bible says, and put on the new man. Put it on. Which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Put on. Behave like a new creature. Don't behave like the devil. Some Christians behave like the devil. And God is saying, don't behave like the devil. Behave like a Christian. It's like when you become a soldier or an officer or a doctor or whatever. Behave like that. Tiko, are you a student? You are, are you a student? No. Then don't behave like a student. What are you? Are you a worker? What are you? I'm a worker. Yes. So behave like a worker. Don't behave like... How do students behave? Loud noise. <laughs> Loud, noisy. Notorious. Notorious. Oh, student, sorry. I'm not the one saying it. I, I didn't say it. Work hard. They work hard. They study. The serious ones. The serious ones. Enough. <laughs> Students' behavior is different from workers. When I was a student, a lot of things I did, but now I don't do because, you know, it's some way. For instance, when I was in Europe, I used to take lifts. I could travel through six countries by that hitchhiking. I didn't want to spend money. So I'll get a lift in a truck, articulator, and I'll drop at, at the border. And I'll go and beg another driver, will you take me? And he would say, okay, come. And I would go like that. But at a point, I said, no, this thing, it's some way. I remember one day I was sleeping in a truck, like I said, no, in fact, it's, it's some way. <laughs> so at a certain stage, you, you can't behave in a certain way. Amen, the man? Amen. Amen. So behave like what? But like what? A new, ask the person sitting next to you, are you a new man? Are you a new woman? People must speak about you in the office. Oh, ask for Cecilia. Ask for Tulim. Ask for Tulim, dear. In fact, new behavior, dear. In fact, correct. Tulim. Sister Jali. Sister Tulim Jali, her behavior in the office, perfect. No, I don't have any question about her. She's a Christian. She's a new man. In the office, at home, your husband must look at you and say, I'm glad I married you. I'm glad I married a new man woman or a new creature sister. 
You, the wife, must, you must be able to look at the man and say, I'm glad I waited and married you. In fact, I'm glad I didn't marry. Huh? Mr. Jolly. I'm glad I didn't marry Mr. Jolly. No, I didn't marry this. I didn't, but I married you. I'm so glad I waited for you. You are born again, new man, new Christian. I'm glad. What a shame it would be if you are in the house with your husband or wife and the person says, he gets up in the morning, I'm a new man. And the person says, I'm a new man and he behaves like. Something so beastly. And the person says, I'm a new man. New man and that how you behave. And you disgrace all of us. If you are a new man, there's a certain type of behavior that we are expecting. Look, let me tell you something. We, those of us in the charismatic churches, you see, many of us are young, but it doesn't mean that we are wrong because we are young. The fact that you are wrong doesn't mean, young doesn't mean that you are wrong. But because we are young, people have given us, oh, these people, I give them some few years. We've seen their type before. Oh, we see that there's a lot of noise. Hey, 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 they lift their hands, they pray in tongues, but there's no good character. I am teaching you so that your character will change. So that your character will conform to what the Bible says about a Christian. Your life, the things you say, your behavior at home, at school, at work, as a man, as a woman, will conform to the Bible. So that people will look at you and say, this person is really a real believer. I am glad to know such a person. Many years ago, when I first became a Christian at SU, I trusted Christians absolutely. In fact, if you told me that I am born again, I would trust you with my life. But now I don't. Because I found many new men, new creatures, who don't behave how new creatures are supposed to behave. In fact, I have found some unbelievers who behave better than the so-called born-again, tongue-talking, Hallelujah, shouting, Bible carrying believers. So I am saying to you, church, let our lives be like the Bible says. Let, us be, let, let them be able to, young lady, you see, the way you will conduct yourself as a woman, let it be how it should be a Christian. Let it be decent. Don't take off your dress every other day to every other man. Respect yourself. Have some confidence in yourself that you are a good person. That you are somebody respectable. I won't do this. Your, your life should conform to you should people, people don't have to say, one man said, oh, this church, I know them. I'll stand at the junction there. You know, that Kolebu Junction is a lighthouse junction now. Somebody must not be able to say that after church. I, just, I can just pick one of those young girls. I will just pick one of them. I will take, I will give her Chinese rice and spring roll right now. I will go and sleep with her right now. If you like, watch me. And there are people who say that. Rice and spring rolls. Is that your value? Ask the lady nearest sister near to you. Rice and spring rolls. Can we buy you with rice and spring rolls? All right. Now, let's go on. Today, we are moving on into something very important. We are still talking about the new man. All right. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. And be therefore followers of God as dear children. Verse 2. And walk in love. We've talked a little about that. As Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. Amen. Amen. Did we talk about love? 
a letter. What is the cardinal sign of love? What is the cardinal sign of love? Love gives. If you don't know, I'm telling you, if you love somebody, you will give yourself to the person. That is why in our marriage vows, when the couple is, they said, and from this day, I shall love you. That is one of the things that couple says to you. I shall love you and I shall give myself to you. Because that is what it means. I love you, so I'll give myself. I won't withhold anything else from you now, from today. Because love gives. God so loved the world that he gave. God loved the world so much that he gave. If you really love, you will give. And it's true. Hallelujah. Now let's go on. Verse 3. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be be what? No, let it not be 50 times named. How many times? Named in each individual life as becometh Christians. Is that what it says? Let it not be named how many times? Once named or mentioned. Named amongst who? Unbelievers. Christians. Now, if you are, as becometh what? As becometh, as becometh what? Saints. It, be, it, 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 it fatas saints. If you understand what I'm saying, is it, is it right? It suits. Captain, is that the correct English? It, it fits saints. That fornication shouldn't be mentioned once. Now, when the Bible says named, you see, if I take the choir here, if I take this choir, all these beautiful Christian brothers and sisters on stage, what the Bible is saying when it says that fornication should not be ma- named once, what the Bible is trying to say is that we shouldn't be able to say, what's your name? Rebecca. We shouldn't be able to say that Rebecca, we name fornication, say that Rebecca committed fornication. And I, I shouldn't be able to say that once. I shouldn't be able to, it shouldn't be named, no. What's your name? Linda. I shouldn't say Linda was involved in fornication, etc. No, the Bible says that not even once. Hey! Do you think that that is what happens in Lighthouse today? Florence, what do you think? No. You think it is named? Can you name? (laughs) Can you mention any names? Fornication shouldn't be named once. It shouldn't, no name should be attached to fornication and you. Some of you 13 years old, you are fornicating. Shame, shame. Shame. 13. Ah. You are some way. Turn to any 13-year-old around you and, and, and tell the person, it's some way. Is there any 13-year-old nearby? It should not be named once. But it, unfortunately, in charismatic circles, not that it is named once, it is commonly distributed. <laughs> It's commonly distributed and then mentioned thousands of times in co- the congregation. No, no, the Bible standard is that it shouldn't be mentioned even once. So if we look in the congregation once, it should not even be mentioned. Yet, 
in charismatic Christianity, in Lighthouse Chapel. I mean, I'm not talking about any church. Lighthouse. Not that it is that we mentioned once and we were sad. But commonly distributed. And some of you are just looking at me. This man. I know why he is saying what he is saying. He is saying it at me exactly. I mean, I know this man. I've seen, I've seen him for three years now. Oh, no. If I have anything to tell you, I'll call you. I'll call you directly. I'll say, hey, Nobu, stand up. All right? If I have something to tell you, can I not tell you? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. Then why do you say that if I, I, I you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sit down. Fornication. Fornication is sexual intercourse outside of marriage. All right? Fornication metamorphosizes to adultery when you are married and you are doing the same thing. It's the same fornication. Fornication. Today, we are, the subject is called All About Fornication. <laughs> I want to share with you 15 reasons why you shouldn't fornicate. Only 15. <laughs> Amen? Of course. Yeah. Fornication. Now, some of us don't know when God is trying to help us and protect us, we feel God is trying to prevent us from enjoying. No, God is not trying to prevent you from enjoying. God has rather, Pastor Johnny, God rather wants you to enjoy. That's why he has given you a wife to lie by your side till you die. You can do whatever you want to do nine times a day if you want it. All right, can you bring me my Bible, please? All right, let's turn our Bible to 15 reasons why you shouldn't commit fornication. And then I'm going to teach you about 30 principles how to prevent committing fornication. Amen. So let's see how far we can go today. Number one. The first reason why you shouldn't commit fornication. How many of you would not like to commit fornication? How many of you would like to commit fornication? How many of you would like not to? Do you know that we are all subject to that temptation? From the bishop... To Pastor Johnny. Who is behind you, Pastor Johnny? Pastor Mina. And who is there? Pastor Yoku. Oh, Pastor Yoku looks so holy. Look at, look at him. Look at, but he's the same. All of us are the same. I tell you. Oh, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. I tell you. We are all the same. God is, I tell you, it's God who is helping us. Turn your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 15. My back. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. Good. 1 Samuel, have you found it? Good. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. The first reason why you must not commit fornication is because it is disobedience. 
And if you disobey God, you stand to lose. And the Bible has told us, we have just read, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Amen. It is better to obey than to sacrifice. You see, some of us come to church, we come and put offerings in the offering basket. We come and say this, we say that, we, can, we lift up our hands and say, Oh, hallowed be your name. Sacrifice of praise. But God says that to obey me is better. It's better than to bring any fun, any lifting up your hand and coming to put offering in the basket and to pretending to be sacrificed. No, obey me, just obey me. No, I mean, all that I want is obedience. And the first reason, even if you don't understand, there are people today who don't understand. I was one day talking to a certain lady at Legon, and I said to her, young lady, don't commit fornication. Do you know what she told me? She said, this is an old-fashioned law. You know, she said to me, this is an old-fashioned law. These are things that are in for the olden days. But for now, you know, this was a, she was telling me this. She, she was a student at the university, and I was talking to her. She said, oh, these are, these are for the olden days. But for us now, it's not practical. She said that the Bible was written in those days. In those days. But now, it's not practical. I want to tell you, even if it doesn't make sense to you, just obey God. Just obey God. Just obey God. Ah, but we are going to get married, Lord. And our marriage is coming on in two weeks' time. And I'm tempted. I feel like it, Lord. Ah, 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 ah. I feel... And Lord, if I sleep with her, after all, I slept with her when we were unbelievers. So if I sleep with her now, listen to me. Uh, there are many things that nobody sees, only God sees. But it is the same only God who is the, one who, the only one who can bless you. No man can bless you. No man can help you. No man can do anything for you except God. So if God you disobey and disregard, I don't know what's going to happen to your life. Don't think about whether the pastor sees Look, for me, one of the important places for me is when I close my door, where nobody can see. That is where it's important for me because when you are behind closed doors, nobody can see you. That is where it's important because that's where God alone can see. That one, you are not tricking anybody. You are standing before God. And it is only God who blesses you. In fact, I've come to see when you serve God secretly, there's something I call secret righteousness. When you serve God secretly and you do a lot of righteousness in secret, where people can't even see to praise you, God blesses you openly. Openly, he pours out blessings on you. So, there are a lot of things that nobody will see. But God sees. And it is God who blesses. So if you want God's blessing to be upon you, obey him. I mean, it's as simple as that. Obey him. Amen, the men. Amen, Amen the ladies. Tell the person sitting next to you, that is the first reason why you must not fornicate anymore. Is that clear? Tell the person next to you. Number two, it will destroy your soul. Turn your Bible to Proverbs. Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs. Please. 
chapter 6. Verse 32. It says, Whoso committeth adultery with a woman, Proverbs 6.32, lacketh understanding, and he that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. When you commit fornication, fornication and adultery are virtually identical. Only that one is before, one is after. The Bible says you will destroy your soul. What does it mean to destroy your soul? It means that it will have an effect on you spiritually. You see, you don't know. That's why I so saw that if somebody commits fornication, you begin to see the person's spiritual life has become some way. Have you noticed when people start falling into uh, immorality and so on, they rather get angry with the church. They get annoyed with the pastors. They get, when the preachers come in, they are, they are annoyed. Meanwhile, all that they are preaching is the truth. And you are annoyed. Why should you be annoyed? Why should you be annoyed when they are preaching the truth to you? You rather you are annoyed. You rather you are doing the thing. You are doing the wrong thing. They are saying, and you, mom, you are angry. Ah! The Bible says that it destroys your soul. Anybody who gets involved, it affects you spiritually. You may not even see the effect. How, what exactly? But it, it will affect you. And if you don't take care, you will backslide. Seriously. In fact, you can ask people who are backsliding, you find out that fornication, adultery, and all those things, they affect you spiritually and they take you backwards. Mm. One pastor was fornicating with a, 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 a girl, and he asked, the girl asked him, so how will you preach after this? <laughs> and you know what thing he said to her? He said, in fact, that is when the anointing comes more. is when the anointing comes. It's not true. And if even the anointing comes, it's the grace of God. Do not deceive yourself. Anytime you get involved in fornication, it affects you spiritually. And you, when you see the pastor, the pastor hasn't said anything to you. But you're angry with him. People have been angry with me and I haven't done anything to them. When they see me, they're... <laughs> what have I done? I haven't said anything. I'm just, you're just seeing me. And I've not thought about it. And so the people are thinking about it. It's because of your guilty conscience. Anything that is said, you feel that he knows. Eh, I know why. This one, this thing that he's preaching, I know the reason. Last Tuesday, they called me and then they said that this and that. Ain't it because of that film? That's why. I know that. And don't take na preachers. I have sermons today. I know at this church I've been I've seen a lot of things here. I know all of them. I know their trees. And don't take on No. I'm just preaching. That's where I've got to. If you look, you see I've been preaching, 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 preaching. This is where I am. I have not timed you. I, I don't know whether you are here or you didn't come. I'm preaching where I've reached. That's what the next topic is. The next topic I have to preach about it. When I go there, I say, oh, this is what I have to preach about next. It's as simple as that. It will affect your spirit. My sister, what's your name? Theodora. Don't fornicate. Please don't fornicate. If you fornicate, it will affect you spiritually. It will destroy your soul. Hey, but when I commit fornication, I don't feel anything inside my spirit. Ah. You may not feel it in your spirit, but it is affecting you. 
Me, my pastor, me, I've been fornicating and coming. Me, even cry. I sit at the fourth row. And I don't feel anything at all. In fact, rather, I'm growing more. Oh, oh. You know more than God. God says that it will destroy your soul. You say, me, dear, ain't affecting me. I'm okay with okay soup. <laughs> Tell the person it will destroy your soul. The next reason why you should not commit fornication because it will destroy your body. First Corinthians chapter six, quickly. Wow. First Corinthians chapter six. I beseech you to turn to there, please. First Corinthians chapter six. Verse eighteen. Then we are going to teach you how to flee. How to flee. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body or outside the body. I don't know if somebody has another version. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. When you commit fornication, it has an effect. You commit sin against your body directly. Pastor, what does it mean? I don't even claim to understand it properly or fully. But when you sin, the sin of fornication, the Bible is saying that you commit a sin or a crime against your body. Therefore, you are destroying your body in a way. Because anything you commit, if you commit a crime against the state, you are destroying the body. That's why the state will arrest you and prosecute you. Because you are committing a sin against the state. And the state will rise up to prosecute you because you are destroying them. Amen. Amen, the men. Amen. Amen, the ladies. The next one. You make covenants with all sorts of people. When you commit fornication, you make covenants. You see, God's plan is that when you have sex, you should have sex with one woman. That's a big deal. Do you understand? And the first time you have sex with that woman, blood is supposed to be shed. Blood. Because if a woman is a virgin, she's supposed to be a virgin, some blood will be shed. And whenever blood is shed, usually there's an agreement, there's a covenant. You understand? Now, when you have sex, you are coming into a certain union with the person. Now, that sort of union, in fact, that is one reason why the Bible goes on to say that how can you join the body of Christ with a harlot? You are making all sorts of unions and agreements with all sorts with whom you ought not to. And those are the things that affect people sometimes years after. But I've seen people who have been crippled all their Christian life because of fornication. All their Christian life is affected because of fornication. They, they never rise out of it properly. And even years later, it will come back. And so God tells us, stay away from this thing. As becometh saints. Amen, the man? Amen. Today the church is very quiet. I tell you. <laughs> huh? It's okay to preach it. I'll continue. I've got 50 more reasons. I should continue next week. How many reasons do you have? 
sixth reason, it brings in evil spirits into your life. Evil spirits. First, you have all sorts of agreements and covenants. The next one, it brings evil spirits. I want you to look at Revelations chapter 18 with me, please. Revelations chapter 18, all about fornication. Ajay, my back. <laughs> Revelation chapter 18, verse 1, verse 2. It says, and after these things I saw an angel. Write it down, it brings in evil spirits to your life. After these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried, mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, Babylon, the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of what? I can't hear you, Revelation chapter 18, verse 2. Okay, Revelation chapter 18, Verse 2, I'm sure you've underlined it. Have you underlined it? If you haven't underlined it, it says it has become the what? The habitation of devils. Amen. And the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Why? 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 Listen, the question is, why have evil spirits, so many evil spirits come to Babylon? Look at me, everybody. Look at the question God is asking. Why have so many evil spirits come to Babylon? Why have the evil spirits, have, why are they held in Babylon like that? Why has Babylon become a hold? When the Bible says a hold, what does it mean? A hold. A place where they are, they are, they are, they are stored and kept. And they cannot go away from that. That is where they have amassed their strengths. Why, why has your life become a hold of evil spirits? Why? The answer is in verse 3. The first word in verse 3 tells you that he's answering the question. For. What's the first word? For. In some verses you say because. Isn't it? Yes. For. Does your version say because, Reverend Saki? For. All right. For. What does for mean? For means because. All nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornications. Look at that. And the kings of the earth have communicated, committed fornication with her. The kings. Important people have committed fornication with you. That is why evil spirits have come into your life. This is what the deliverance churches teach about. Evil spirits have come because of the fornications that you have committed. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. What? Look at that. Louisa, did you see that? The, these evil spirits have, have aggregated and congregated there because of her fornication. Look, when God says don't do something, he knows why. I said he knows why. Turn to the person and say, don't do it again. Look into the person eyeball to eyeball and say, don't do it again. Amen? Amen? Some of you have evil spirits. You know, some of the evil spirits, some of the examples of the evil spirits that come. Sometimes evil, sp evil spirits of not marrying. Some people can't marry because of the fornication. Sometimes you committed fornication with such and such. And you are so much tied to the person because of the sexual intercourse you had with the person that you cannot even be free to marry somebody else. Even when other people will come, it's like, no, 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 no. All your mind is on that person. I've seen it many times. They just can't seem to be free from that person with whom they have entered into that covenant with. You just can't. And some of the evil spirits of all 
all sorts, sometimes witchcraft, occult, poverty, all sorts of things. They just come in. The Bible says, the hold of every evil spirit. Fornication. I didn't say, uh, uh, did you see my name there? David, you saw my name somewhere written there. Have I said anything? No. God is the one speaking. Amen the men? Amen, Amen the ladies? Amen. Tell the person sitting next to you, all about fornication today. The next one, these ones are easy. It brings in sickness. What sicknesses does it bring? STDs. Right? STDs. STDs. Dr. Mina says STDs. Which means sexually transmitted diseases. I want seven sexually. I want you to give me seven sicknesses. Which come. Doctors, please sharpen all your spears. I want you to be ready. Seven diseases or even ten different sicknesses and we are going to write them down. These are the sicknesses that you can acquire when you go to commit fornication. Number one. No, no HIV is not one of the sicknesses. The next, the next point. Syphilis. What is the name of the animal that causes it? Treponema pallidum. Look at the big animal that is coming into you when you commit fornication. Treponema pallidum. Write it down. Syphilis. It is caused by treponema pallidum. T-R-E-P P-O-N-E-M-A treponema pallidum. P-A-L-L-I-D-U-M Pallidum. Like palladium. This is the big animal that is coming into you. You are not afraid to remove your dress. Hey! Treponema. Embae. Okay, number two, gonorrhea. It is caused by which animal? Neisseria gonococcus. Write it down, Neisseria gonococcus. N-E-I-S-E-R-I-A gonococcus. G-O-N-O-C-O-C-C-U-S. Gonococcus. Emba is coming to catch you. You lie down and do those things. The things are coming. More diseases are coming into you. Neisseria gonococcus. Number three. Chlamydia. What does it cause? Chlamydia. Lymphogranuloma venereum. That is the next disease. Lymphogranuloma venereum. Next week, I'll ask you for the notes. Lymphogranuloma venereum. Hey, you won't write it. If you won't write, I will stop preaching and just close so that. Lymphogranuloma venereum. How do you spell it? L Y M P H O Lympho. Granuloma, G-R-A-N-U-L-O-M-A, granuloma. That is the first name. The second name of the animal is venereum, V-E-N-E-R-E-U-M, venereum. Lymphogranuloma venereum. Then what is the next sickness? A lymphogranuloma is caused by what? Chlamydia. The animal, okay, that's the name of the sickness. And the, the, the animal that causes is called chlamydia. Ooh, just write the disease. The disease name alone will frighten you. The next disease is what? 
Hepatitis B. Hepatitis. Is it A or B? It's B. Liver. You think that you are just having sex. It is just uh, uh, some place down there. It is your liver. Your liver is coming to your liver. Hepatitis. H-E-P-A. Hepatitis. Hepatitis. My back. Next one is what? Herpes. What? Herpes genitalis. Caused by herpes simplex type 2 virus. Write it down. Herpes simplex. These are the animals that you are getting. Herpes genitalis. Yes? How many sicknesses do you have? Five. Yes. Two more. Yes. CA cervix. Cancer of the cervix. When you start having sex early and a lot and frequent different partners, it's a predisposing factor to cancer of the cervix. You start early and different people and different virus, different animals. Cancer. It's another disease that you go. It's not a sexual transmitted, but it's a disease. Yes. Finish. Uh huh. Trachomoniasis. Caused by trachoma vaginalis. Trachomoniasis. <laughs> trachomoniasis. My wife, write it down. Muntua Dieno. T R A C H O. Trachomo. M O. Niasis. N I A S I S. Niasis. <laughs> <laughs> Trachoma vaginalis. Yes, any more? Urinary tract infection, UTI. You get backache when you urinate, it is painful. Various things, urinary tract infection. General, other animals can come, such as what? E. coli, Klebsiella, Pseudomonas. Huh? Strep fecalis, streptococcus fecalis. All these ones are coming. All these things are real. You don't know. You have come to a church where the pastor knows what he's talking about. So you get more in, in upper. Streptococcus fecalis. It brings sickness. How many want any of these animals to be in you? If you stay in your house every day, you bath, you do everything. Fine, you just wait till you marry. None of these diseases will come to you. In fact, apart from even the Bible, this thing should make you afraid. The next thing is it brings death. Death is what? Human immunovirus, HIV. As for HIV, when you have it, you are dead. It is a death sentence. I am sad to say that I have a few church members who have HIV, even in this church. I have church members now who are alive in the church who have HIV. They are HIV positive. I have members in other churches who are positive. They have AIDS. It's a death sentence. Kobe, do you understand? Yeah. You are dead. When they say you have AIDS, you are dead. It means with some time, maybe five years. How many of you watched that woman yesterday? Did you watch that woman on there? Yeah. She said she doesn't know who gave it to her. It's like saying you don't know who is the father of your child. Alright? So, how many reasons do you have for not committing fornication? Seven. Oh, there are so many reasons. I think we'll continue next week. Alright?
brings in unwanted pregnancies. Is it not possible? Write it down. Let's finish. We can finish. I'll finish in five minutes. Maybe next week we will go over. Brings in unwanted pregnancies. The next one brings in abortions. Unwanted abortion, isn't it? Is it not so? Abortions. And when you bring in um, abortion, the next one is number 10. It brings in... Well, abortion is murder. It brings in infertility. You can't have children sometimes after abortion. Dr. Kojolinze. In fact, there are so many doctors in the church today. Dr. Kojolinze, is it not true? It brings in uh, what? Infertility. You can't have a child. Sometimes you go, they say you have to blow the tube. You have to do this. You have to do that. So many things. Because they have put instruments into you to scrape you. All of you should come, those of you, you should come to the world so that we show you when they are doing that thing. They will put a, something like a fork into the womb and they will scrape it. And they will scrape all the side. That's the sound that it makes. Is that not the sound that it makes? And they will scrape all the baby and the baby will come out. And that's all. And even the womb can be perforated. Very wicked. And then maybe somebody, somebody came to do it before you, but they didn't have time to boil the instruments well. Or even when they boiled it, Treponema vaginalis wasn't killed by the hot water. That they boiled the thing with, so it is still alive. So when they put it inside you, Treponema vaginalis, Trachominas, uh, what? All those things will come back. The next one, it brings in unwanted, untimely children. And then the next one, the unwanted children become social deviants. You know, when a child is not wanted, the child becomes a deviant, a vagabond. Many of the bad people in life look at their background. Look at the things that they, they did. Even some higher people in government, you can see their background. Unwanted by their parents. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. When a person is not wanted, the person becomes some way. A very dangerous character. Serious. When, when a child is not wanted, it's, it's a terrible thing. How many have seen a child who is not wanted before? I've seen a child who is not wanted. He's not wanted. I once met a, 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 man, a boy and I saw his father did not want him. His father did not want him to exist and he knew. And he's treated totally different from every other child. That child, watch that child, become a dangerous person. Even some people you can see in society, even in Sometimes government circles or in the highest echelons of society, you see people who were unwanted by their parents, how they turned out. I don't want to mention names. <laughs> yes. They can be very dangerous rebels. Amen, the man. How many? Turn the person, ask the person next to you, do you want any social deviant in your house? The next one, 13th reason, it brings disgrace. Look at Proverbs chapter 6. Quickly, we have almost finished. We can finish. Proverbs chapter 6. 
Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 33, it brings disgrace. Amen. How many want to be disgraced? A wound and dishonor shall he get. His reproach shall not be wiped away. Number 14, it brings hurt and wounds. Isn't it? You are hurt. And the last reason it brings reproach. It says his reproach shall not be wiped away. A wound and dishonor shall he get. Oh God, this sin of fornication. Help us. God should help all of us. Who? Isn't it? Huh? How many want God to help you? Seriously. If you want God to help you, stand to your feet and let's just close. Amen. Give the Lord a victory shout and a clap. Amen. I want you to just pray for yourself. Everybody, look, this topic that I'm preaching about, very delicate subject. We all need to be very careful. God has to help all of us to stay in his will and not to do the wrong thing. We want to pray to God this moment and say, Lord, please help me. Please help me. Help me, Lord. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Just pray. I want every eye closed, every heart praying. Every heart praying. Pray to the Lord. Say, Lord, help me. 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 Pure and holy. Pure and holy. Tried and true. With thanksgiving. with fornication or you have a problem with fornication I want you to just lay your hands on your heart but everybody lay your hands on your heart so that nobody will feel and I'm going to pray for you especially this morning Father in the name of Jesus please forgive us for our sins Lord forgive us we pray for mercy for help we don't want to sin Lord sometimes we make mistakes Lord we don't want to go back Lord the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak Help us, Lord. Forgive us and give us the strength to go on to do what is right. Have mercy on us all, Lord. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. And every head still bowed, every eye closed. If you are here this afternoon, maybe somebody invited you. It's just about a few minutes after 12. 
somebody invited you to church but deep down in your heart you are not a Christian you are not born again maybe somebody invited you but in your heart you know you are not really born again you want to say pastor please pray for me I'm not born again I, I'm not a real Christian I, I don't want to go to hell if you are here like that and you are not sure even when I say born again you are not sure what it means whether if you die this afternoon will I go to heaven or not please pastor pray for me I want to be sure I want to go to heaven I want my name to be written in the book of life if you are here like that just stand where you are where you are and lift up your right hand wherever you are and I'm going to pray with you just lift up your right hand God bless you I see your hand lift it up high don't worry just stand where you are lift it up high so that I can see I'm going to pray with you God is going to touch your life give your heart to God today don't think about next week this is the hour of salvation lift it up high I see your hand I see your hand I see all those hands at the back there lift it up high God bless you God bless you. Lift it up high. Pastor, please pray for me today. I want to give my heart to God. God bless you. Those of you that have lifted up your hands, I want you to come, walk from where you are standing. Come and stand right in front of me here, and I'm going to pray for you. Come from where you are. God bless you. Put your hands together for them as they come from everywhere. Give your life to Jesus this afternoon. This is your hour. There's room for you. Come to Jesus. Come to the Lord. Come to the Lord. Come to the Lord. Come and stand right here. There's room for you today. There's room on the cross. There's room for one more thing. There's room. There's room. There's room. Put your hands together for them as they come to the Lord. Oh, there's room. Come to the Lord. Come to Jesus. God bless you. Keep coming for them as they come. There's room for one more. Hallelujah. Jesus, hallelujah, they come to the Lord. There's room. There's room at the cross Thank you. Shall we pray? Those of you in front here, I want you to say this prayer. Close your eyes and say this prayer from the bottom of your heart. Say this prayer. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, this afternoon, I realize that I am a sinner. But I don't know you. But today, but today, I humble myself and I kneel before the cross. I ask you to please forgive me. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. Today, I accept Jesus Christ. I receive Jesus Christ into my heart to be my Savior, to be my Master. And from today, from today, I will serve the Lord. I will obey God. So help me God. Say, dear Jesus, please write my name. Please write my name in the book of life. Today, because I receive you as my Lord and as my master. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for these ones that have come to receive you. I pray for every one of them. Establish them. Let them not fall by the wayside. Lord Jesus, keep them, Lord. Let them stand with you. Let them not go away from you. Let them know you and grow in you. I pray the devil will try to take them away, but I pray for them, Lord. Help them, Lord. Help them. Don't let them fall by the wayside. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www 
daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.